thankful that you took time today to pull up a seat. I hope these few minutes together help you follow Jesus better by deepening your relationship with Him and helping you live intentionally for Him every day. Hey, I hope you're doing well. Um, We're in a series focused on the spiritual disciplines. A spiritual discipline is something we do to put ourselves in the position to deepen our connection with Jesus so that he can change us and transform us. It puts us in a position to deepen our connection with Jesus so that he can transform us, so that he can change us. In our last episode, we talked about community. We defined community as doing life with others centered around the gospel of God. We must put ourselves, we must be disciplined to put ourselves in relationship with others so that we can be all that God wants us to be. God uses our community to help shape us and help grow us. We need others. Today, we look at two disciplines that complement community, silence and solitude. We need all three to deepen our connection with Jesus and to experience the transformation that he, that he wants to do in our lives. We need others but we also need time to be alone. Let's define and explain what silence and solitude are. Silence, or solitude, we'll start there. Choosing to disconnect from others and technology so you can connect to God. Withdrawing from the crowd, turning off technology, getting alone with yourself. Solitude is just choosing to disconnect from others and technology so you can connect to God. I disconnect so that I can connect to God. Silence. Silence is choosing to remain quiet and to sit in the quiet so you can hear from God. This includes me not talking to others or myself, and to an extent, not even talking to God, but truly trying to discipline myself to listen to Him. Some obstacles to silence and solitude. First off, these disciplines go totally against our culture. Our culture pushes us, tells us that we must always be on. It bombards us with messages and noise. Our culture attacks us with other people's agendas. Second obstacle, we're afraid of being alone. We feel like we always must be connected. We're afraid we'll miss out on something if we're not with the crowd or if we don't have something on. We might miss the latest scoop. We don't like the quiet. We need noise machines to help us sleep. We need noise machines to help us focus. We've programmed ourselves for noise. And if we don't like the noise, we put on the headphones and generate different noise. We're bombarded with noise. We've reprogrammed ourselves for the, to listen to and to need noise. Finding quiet places, another obstacle to silence and solitude, is finding a quiet place takes work. First off, the work includes turning off your phone. Sometimes that is so hard for us to do. We have to create a space or find a place to get alone and experience quiet. Silence and solitude, they go together. Um, Both require that we choose to make them happen. Both help us to know God. As we practice silence and as we practice solitude, we're going to get to know the person and work of Jesus Christ. We're going to experience the characteristics and qualities of God. The practice of silence and solitude help us to escape and to engage our world. Escape might not be the best word. Retreat might be better. 
Withdrawal might be better, but the key is that we need to get out of the flow we need to disconnect. We need to disconnect because our world is crazy and it wears us out. So we need to escape from its attack of constant noise and withdraw from the constant fake connection through social media and the approval of the crowd. We need to recharge. We need to renew by practicing the disciplines of silence and solitude. As we withdraw from the noise, we will be ready to engage our world. As we practice the disciplines of silence and solitude, we'll be more fully present in our community. In our witness to others, we will be more careful with our actions and words because we've practiced the disciplines of silence and solitude. Let's see how Jesus practiced these disciplines to escape and engage his world. After John the Baptist, Jesus' close friend died. Um, Jesus withdrew. I think it helped him process the loss helped him to process the emotions that go with the death of a friend. In Mark 6, we see that he, along with his disciples, retreated so that they could rest and recharge for the ministry. They processed, they dealt with their emotions. After feeding the 5,000 in Matthew 14, Jesus withdrew. I think this helped him to stay focused on the mission to die on the cross for the sins of the world. The Jewish mindset of who the Messiah was supposed to be is that he was supposed to be a military leader that would restore Israel to power. Feeding the 5,000 could have fed the idea of what the Jews expected the Messiah to be. So Jesus withdrew to refocus on his mission to make sure that he was accomplishing God's plan and fulfilling God's will. He withdrew to ensure that he wouldn't, that he was pleasing God instead of the crowds. After healing many, Jesus withdraws. Go look at Mark chapter 1, verse 35. When you read what happens after the withdrawal, you see that everyone wanted to see the miracle worker. They wanted to see the magician. They wanted to see a sign. Jesus was becoming an attraction. I think he withdrew to ensure that he pleased God instead of, the, uh, instead of seeking the approval of men or trying to please men. Before picking the 12 disciples, Jesus withdrew. Go look at Luke chapter 6, verse 12. The choosing of the 12 and prepping them for the future was huge for the kingdom of God. It was huge for God's, for Jesus' mission. So I believe that night Jesus spent the night praying for the 12 and their ministry. Jesus got away to help him stay focused and help him to accomplish his purpose and his mission. Other passages that help us see the necessity of silence and solitude. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The practice of silence and solitude help us be still. It helps us to quiet our soul. It helps us to know God. In the midst of this crazy world, we must take time to be still and grow in our relationship with God and be intentional about connecting to God, getting, getting to know him. As we practice silence and solitude, we will know him better. And then because of that, the nations will know God and they will exalt him. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says this, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Life is hard. It is going to wear you out. So we must wait on the Lord 
We must be quiet. We must wait for his healing. We must wait for his strength. Um, we must wait for him to, to renew us and recharge us, and that requires silence and solitude. So from the life in, of Jesus and from what we find in the Bible, we see why we need silence and solitude. Practicing silence and solitude helps us to know God. These disciplines help us to pay attention to God and hear the Spirit's promptings so we, so we can experience the Holy Spirit's guidance. These disciplines help us to rest. They help us to recharge. Withdrawing from the crowd and sitting in the quiet will help us to process life better, help us to manage our emotions better. Silence and solitude will help us participate better in community. We will be better at knowing and loving those that God has placed in our community. As we incorporate silence and solitude into the rhythm of our life, we will live more intentionally. Our witness to those outside of the kingdom will be filled with grace and compassion. We'll have the right words to say. We'll have the right actions to, to, to minister and to witness to those who are far from God. So how do we have, how do we practice silence and solitude? First thing, please don't hit me next time you see me. Just put down your phone. It's the first thing you got to do. Put down your phone. Turn it off. Get away from it. Second thing you got to do is have a plan. Pick a passage. Just read through it slowly. Not talking to the passage. Let the Bible speak to you. Read it slowly. Think it over. Think about it. Process it over and over and over. Read it slow, word by word. Meditate on the Word of God. That's one of the things that we can do in silence and solitude. Have a plan. Maybe start with um, Philippians 2 or Colossians 1 or the Beatitudes or just um, Sermon on the Mount. And just read slowly through the Word of God, but have a plan. Set aside time each day and find a place for silence and solitude. Sometimes it could be sitting in the car um, at the red light. You got a minute? Hey, God, what do you got to say? Or, God, thank you for who you are. And just, and just God, speak to me and just, just listen. Find ways to, to, to steal those moments throughout the day when, when you can create some silence and solitude. Start small. Don't, say, don't set the goal of, hey, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes because it will drive you crazy. Start with just a minute. Maybe a minute each hour or a minute each day and then slowly build and just see what happens. Start small. Maybe go for a walk or sit in the park without your headphones on and just listen for the voice of God. In conclusion, silence and solitude go against the norm of our culture. Our culture says we always have to be connected and it constantly bombards us with noise. You and I have got to push pause. We have to hit the mute button. We have to be quiet. If we're going to thrive in this crazy world, we need to escape the world by practicing silence and solitude. As we escape, we will strengthen our connection to God and be more present in our community and more equipped to engage the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. This week, I challenge you and I challenge myself, take some time to practice silence and solitude. Listen for the voice of God. Wait for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I pray that this helps you hear from him and deepens your walk with him. I'm praying that as we practice silence and solitude, that we love each other better and we're more gracious with those who are far from God. I hope you have a great week.
Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Pull Up a Seat. If you've not yet subscribed, do that now so you can get content as soon as it comes out. Also, please help us get the word out by sharing on social media and inviting others to pull up a seat. Until next time, grow in your relationship with Jesus and find one way to live intentionally for Him. See you next time when we pull up a seat.